Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Hey everyone, it's Kelsey. And Jeff, and we are here to tell you a bit about our partner Anchor. We know that you're a fan of this podcast and maybe you thought, hey, I want to make a podcast too. Well, we have great news for you guys. We want to tell you all about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast for a few reasons, but to start out, it's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Plus, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do it, you guys, and enjoy the show. I'm on a journey to get better, and I want to do it with you. And I'm not just focusing on physical health. I'm focusing on everything, emotional wellness, spirituality, finances, relationships, and so much more. Every week, it will be my personal goal to bring us, the world's leading healers, experts, and game changers, to share groundbreaking secrets and tips to getting better in all areas of life. Getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when we can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menino. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. That is what we do here every single day. It is Tuesday, February 9th. Holy shit, it's February 9th. <laughs> Crazy, oh my right? God. 2021. Holy shit, it's 2021. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not about the first part, about the second part. Our quote of the day, we are so hard on ourselves. We're always looking for the hero 
we forget that we are the hero. That's from our guest today. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of her. Her name is Erin Brockovich. Yeah, thought you would. She's amazing, and we're going to be chatting with her today. Uh, coming to you from our East Coast studio, as you know. Um, she is a renowned consumer advocate and activist who uh, loves helping people, loves giving a voice to those who um, can't yell for themselves, That's as right. she says. Mm-hmm. And uh, her inspiring journey is something that I'm really excited to chat about today with her so that we can get some inspo and remember that we are the heroes of our own story. I think that's something that's so important because, um, as you know, Stephen Lemieux, who's back in the saddle Hello. Uh, hey, from from the great state of North Carolina. Yeah, um, I'm gonna, I'm, my southern accent's coming back, Maria, so don't you worry. I'm going to add some flair to the show. Coming over? <laughs> are you coming over with some flair? Y'all. Oh, yeah. Y'all? We're going to ride this into the sunset. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like uh, we're always looking for someone to rescue us, mm. and we forget that we're the ones that and have I, to rescue and ourselves. I can't be everywhere. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. This is so true. That is true. This is so true. Whatever I'm driving, I'm like, honey, I need help. I need help, and he'll like come in and like fix everything. I, I make you say you need. Underpower. Underpower. Yeah. But here's the thing. I'll call I'll call Kevin for help when I'm drowning with stupid shit. Like I can't I can't just clean up this like little mess. Like it'll be a little mess. I'm like, can you do this? Cause it's just some things, like little things can be so overwhelming to me. And I'm sure other people feel this way too. Like I can handle the big shit, like the really big heavy shit, but sometimes the little shit. And I think it's because I handle the big shit so much. That I can't deal with the little shit. Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, it's not your genius. No, no, no. As Ida Kendall taught me, it's not your genius. Yeah, the little shit isn't my genius. I, I can handle yeah. the worst stuff. I can like, I mean, I think you well, guys kind of know me yeah. by now. I can handle the big shit real well. But I think it's good for people to hear this, Maria, because it, it could appear as though you can. Mm. And then other people go, well, I'll never be like that. And, mm. and you can't. And you, you know, even as we were doing research for Aaron Brockovich, who's the you know guest today. You know, it was interesting to see all the um, blind spots, and she has too, like we all do. So for yeah. you, it's that, and that's what I was saying to Kelsey too. Like, you know, I, I Maria's. Just oh, Kelsey's the, here. Kelsey's right there. Hey guys. <laughs> hey queen. Hey, it's me, Kelsey. Hey. By the way, little update: we had our first pre-production meeting for "It's Me, Kelsey." I'm gonna do the. <laughs> I'm gonna do the weather, and we have not brought it by yet, Stephen, to do traffic. Yeah. Okay. Stephen, are you in? Or are no, you no, in? don't put him on the spot. Oh my god, come on. Steven, do you I want to talk about cars? Yeah, traffic. <laughs> yeah, traffic. That was good. <laughs> I have a green screen. I could be your weatherman. I oh could be your. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm the weatherman on it's me, Kelsey. Uh, you were the traffic boy. Okay, get it straight, Steven. News or like the sports dude? Oh, we're going to talk about sports in a second, but I do think uh, I think it's really important for all of us to share our weaknesses yeah. so that. You know, like I'm not superwoman, but I could totally give off a vibe that I don't have these vulnerabilities and these mm-hmm. things that I'm I'm I suffer from. Um, and that's why it was funny in, in the pre-production meeting today. Mm-hmm. I was telling Kevin that I really try hard on this show to have those moments with these experts because it's important to know that even the experts falter and have tough times. Like Gabrielle Bernstein, she's like such a a spiritual guru Mm -hmm. and thought leader and all of that. And she said to us on the show, if you go back and listen to her episode, if she doesn't 
stick to her practice every day. She will completely fall out of alignment and have a really challenging time. And so we're all human, right? We're all, you know, we're all humans in this experience of life. And literally everybody that, and if you dig Tony Robbins, whoever Martin Luther King, Gandhi, you know, haters will have all these terrible things to say about all those people, but you know, but it because we just have this childlike view of people. We, like it's the movies. Everyone is either Darth Vader or Luke Skywalker, I say, yep. to a Star Wars fan. And that's that's not life. And so all the people that, you know, advise and whatever, I'm one of them. You know, I'm a, believe me, I have so many blind spots. But I think if you can recognize your blind spots, lean into them, try to fix them as best you can. But then maybe it's like you kind of say, hey, not my thing, not my genius. Mm-hmm. And you can bring in other people that can help. Like, Maria, you you know enough to know now that disorganization and hoarding... <laughs> is no, you know really? enough to know. I I'm that, supposed that's to admit my thing. shit, not you. No, but you know enough to <laughs> no. But I'm saying you know. Well, I'm looking at your books that you wrote about this. Did you not write about this in your first book 18 years ago? Okay, yep. so you know that. However, so I'm sharing my best of myself in that book, and I'm sharing all the things that right. would help you. But you don't know how to go in a closet necessarily and organize it from top to bottom. You always say to me, Kevin, that's not my genius. Listen, but I know it's a mess it's and not I know that it needs I, to get fixed. It's not that I can't. It's <laughs> it drives no, no, me no. crazy. No, no, no. It's not that I can't. And I don't think anything's past us. We can do anything we put agree, our minds to. I agree with that. It's just my mind gets real cluttered and real stressed and I get really anxiety. <laughs> and I don't want to put myself through that when I know I have you and you're amazing at it. <laughs> Bria, I so. think what, what, what's happened is that you've worked in like these this this area where you have to focus on big projects and you have to focus on the big picture so much that everything that kind of falls into these little tasks becomes minutia. And it just is so frustrating to have to do yourself because you need to focus on things that are bigger mm-hmm. than those. Yeah. So anytime you have to do those, it's like, it, it feel. I bet it feels like you're kind of being... When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. Constrained or like claustrophobic because you need to be free to do the things that you need to do. Totally. Well, all those little things just kind of weigh you down because mm-hmm. yeah. you know that somebody else could do them 10 times quicker than you and you're spending all your time on small things. Totally. That's mm-hmm. like, I remember even like with work, um, the things that would make me crazy is having to figure out like the travel or like, like, uh, uh, uh. so then I remember at one point I go, I wrote down a list of everything that was making me freaking nuts. And I said, this is the stuff I'm going to farm out. 
So I found a travel agent and I was like, okay, for $50 a ticket, someone's going to do all that shit that takes me hours on the phone with American Airlines or JetBlue and all the nonsense with the, with the flight miles and the bullshit. Like I was like, I'm farming this out. And guys, it may seem like, oh my God, I don't want to spend another $50 on the flight. Usually you want to save $50, but if it's going to give you two to three hours of your time back and the stress and the anxiety, there are certain things that if they make you super crazy, farm them out. And there are people that will do anything. Well, in today's day and age, and especially I would think with COVID, there's going to be mm-hmm. more more people working at home. I mean, we look, we know people Maria, that will edit videos for 5 and $10. Yeah. Like to you know, Stephen, well, Stephen's been teaching it. us about like Fiverr, all these mm-hmm. like app services where you can just yeah. get someone to build you a logo. Fiverr is the one that does logos, right? They so do Fiverr does lot. everything. Yep. Honestly, it's it's kind of cool. Um, basically, a lot of artists who freelance kind of build their portfolio by doing these really quick jobs for people because it kind of gets them in a workflow and a client uh, client freelancer work mind. So it kind of trains them to have to do deliverables and have to get people and get like revisions and stuff like that. But there's voiceover artists, there's musicians, composers, there's anything Mm -hmm. of the arts you can really find on there. And it's amazing because you can, you pay for the service and then you can pay to own the copyrights or the licenses Mm -hmm. or any of that. You pay a little bit more. And now if you're building a business or you're building something, your own podcast or whatever, you can instantly have a logo and graphics and all of these things without having to, you know, break the bank or suffer. But there's always a solution to your problem. You just got to like look for it. Um, And so the biggest thing I've always done is I used to go away at New Year's because the only time I had was like from the, you know, December 28th to like January 2nd or something, Mm -hmm. that window. And on that flight, I would write everything that was making me crazy and everything I needed to fix for this new year to start fresh. And it's going to keep changing, right? Your new problems are going to show up. If you keep growing, your problems are going to keep changing and more of them are going to keep coming. Um, but, um, But now you can say, okay, I can't do this anymore. This is something I can't do anymore. And I'm going to figure out a solution. Um, You know, maybe it's, I don't know. There's so many of those kind of things, but the point is you have to be your own hero, (laughs) even in disorganization and all of that. Um, But you have to be your own hero because I feel like a lot of us can easily go into victim. I've done it. Mm -hmm. It's not attractive. And, um, and you keep thinking someone else is going to save you. And I'm telling you, unless like, you know, you have Kevin, very rarely. Yeah, but I haven't been able to save you. You haven't been able to save me in this no, stuff either. You're right. No, I haven't. And um, it's frustrating for me because I feel bad. Yeah. You have to save yourself. You have to find yourself. Um, you have to be, you know, constantly working on yourself. And you need people like an Aaron Brockovich that's going to inspire you or mm-hmm. any of the amazing guests that we have here every day. The, the goal is to be feeding yourself with great content every day that's uplifting you, that's helping you, that's getting you better so that, you know, today's interview, maybe for, you know, you might get one thing tomorrow, you might get three things. Mm-hmm. You start applying all this stuff. Now you start, you're on your way to being superwoman and, or superman, um, mm-hmm. or superhuman, whatever you that. choose. And, uh, and I think that that's, you know, that's just something I wanted to share with you guys today as I have been reorganizing. And P.S., my biggest thing I did, and if you haven't done this, is I created a smoothie drawer. <laughs> Pinterest is my best friend and would be your best friend too if you joined. And I'll tell you why. 
There are so many people that are upping their game there every day in organization and life and all of that. I go in there when I'm bored instead of going to Instagram and I see something that inspires me. So I remember seeing someone that had organized their drawer in their kitchen as like a smoothie drawer. And so today I I got up early. I went into our kitchen, which has been a hot mess here. Let's be real. And there were more important things to deal with than obviously organizing the kitchen. And now I'm like settling in. So I created one monster smoothie drawer with all of the smoothie stuff, all the tinctures, all the oils, all the powders, everything, everything's in there. And then that made me get inspired. And I was like, ooh, well, our tea cabinet's a nightmare and there's all old teas. And then I went through my parents' spice racks. Guys, (laughs) there were olive containers that were all molded and disintegrated. There was all this shit. And I've already done so many like de-hoardings in there. But there were just, it's just so much. And you'd think it's not like this massive kitchen or anything. No, it's not like. There's been a lot accumulated over there's the There's been a lot. 12 years mm-hmm. in this house. But I will say, creating your smoothie drawer, ooh boy, yum. Game changer. Yum, yum. And I don't mean in a delicious like taste way, but like yeah. yummy, like it makes me so happy. Um, so if you haven't made a smoothie drawer, you should consider but I'd it. I'd like to offer the uh, the coffee tea cabinet. The coffee tea cabinet. Mm. It's also very nice. We mm-hmm. have a lot, you know, we're obviously drinking a lot of Dunkin' coffee. We have our, Cheers. we go to Dunkin's because it's right close by here, but we also have our gay cups, Dunkin' cups. But yes, we have our little section. We have our little section. It very, is very, very helpful. Um, I will say um, we are going to talk about the Britney Spears documentary tomorrow. So Stephen and Kelsey, your homework tonight is to watch it. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. So excited. Um, and if you guys haven't seen on the Better Together TikTok, it's popping off. There's a little vintage. <laughs> there's a little vintage Britney and Maria clip on there. Ooh, it doesn't get any better. Doesn't get any better. So go check that out. Give it a little follow. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And you know, it's, Maria, it reminds, it, like I'm down on myself. Because there's so many of those moments that are at all these shows that you've <clears> had <throat> with all these icons yeah. that I wish I was a little bit more alert back then and just grabbed them with my phone. I should have. We'll yeah. you know. I have, well, I will say upstairs in the library, my mom has so many VHS cassettes that we can dump. You have them in LA as well. And we have them in LA too, so we could. Because I was really careful <clears throat> to to think about that. I was like, gosh, if I leave, I'm never going to have this yeah, stuff. So were, I did collect stuff. Yeah. I didn't do enough of it, but I couldn't. I mean, I did so much that there was no, only so much No, and we worked in places that if you even pulled out your phone as a female, they would have literally mm-hmm. probably chopped your hand off, unless your name was Katie Corrick. But for any other female, you would have like lost a hand. That's yeah. the places we worked True. at, so... So, um, before we get to our guest, it's time for our Dunkin' break. Um, We're going to take some inspiration from today's guest, Aaron Brockovich, and we're going to talk about the importance of believing in yourself, remaining ambitious so you can achieve amazing things. Um, Obviously, you guys know my story about working at Dunkin', and now you got to see me on Wheel of Fortune talking about the fact that I used to dream about being (laughs) Vanna White there. Um, I mean, I had a lot of dreams, but I was like, okay, I'm here. I could practice being Vanna. This is fun. And, um, and always thinking that you never know who's going to discover you while you're there. Um, never take for granted, like even at the dump, Dan, 
God, our guy. Our guy, Dan, we works at him. the dump, Stephen. You know because you've been here and you know we're obsessed with him, right? <laughs> if I wanted to hire someone, right? I mean, I'd I, for it depends on what the position is, too. Don't you think that me and Kevin would consider Dan? I assume that I was in the running against Dan for coming back when Jeff left. <laughs> <laughs> really, like, Kevin called me and I was like, wait, but isn't Dan out there? Yeah. You know why? <laughs> Happy positive and the best energy the best mm-hmm. energy and so someone's gonna go through there and they're gonna be like uh this guy mm-hmm. we need on our team and so we thought that when we met you we knew that when we met you mm. uh kevin knew that when he met me you have no idea where you're going to be discovered so don't take it for granted and think oh this is you know a menial job or whatever um you gotta always know that in life, you should always be auditioning. Only good things are going to come from it. Um, and, um, you know. I mean, I think it just goes so far when you walk into an establishment and the people are trained there very well and they just make your day bright. Like when you leave a place being like, wow, that person was really nice. Like you're going to go back. Yep. And every interaction is more um, basically societal karma that you can build up. And it's going to, it's going to, you don't have to do it to have something pay off, but it certainly is better to be the person that makes somebody's day better than to be the person that makes somebody's day worse. I 100% agree. There was a quote I saw on Instagram today. I was just trying to pull up about ambition. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, ambition can be such a dirty word for women. Um, you know, people really have a hard time with women wanting to do more wanting more yeah we had this conversation you know what it is maria Mm -hmm. it's the word ambition or driven in 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 general it's a ugly word i think you're right it's uglier for women i think the problem is is that you see a lot of people with ambition but they do not have the work ethic maybe they don't have the talent maybe they don't have the endurance you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like so but they have that ambition and then that's why you know, we it, for me, it's like I don't think to say someone's ambitious. I think that's nice, but I'd rather someone be hardworking. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, like I think the problem is we have ambition. Does people? I think most people are ambitious. Do they want to put the work in? Yeah. Well, if they drink their Dunkin' extra charged <laughs> coffee, but maybe were, they'll want to put the work in because they'll be buzzing around. Well, you were a True worker that. and a doer, so you you had ambition and big dreams, but you also were like. I'm going to work on this and I'm going to work for free here. And I'm going to, you know, mm-hmm. I'm so I, I think that's where the, when ambition yeah. is cool. Well, and like Duncan's our, is cool too. Like our <laughs> guest today always gives a little bit of extra. Of course, there's this new coffee at Duncan, the extra charged coffee. I'm drinking it black right now. I yeah, really are. like it. Mm. You know why? Because sometimes I miss the actual taste of the coffee. Yeah. When you put in all the milks and stuff, like, I mean, I'd only put almond milk in there mm. or whatever, soy milk when I'm at home, but I tasted it. And I'm like, I really love just the plain taste of That's the coffee. Awesome. It's made with green tea extract, uh, green coffee extract. For All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused 
on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. An added boost of 20% more caffeine. It's still smooth, but it has like this nice, nice kind of um, aroma and flavor. I really love it. So keep aiming high, everyone, fighting for your dreams. Duncan has what you need to help keep you running and keep your dreams running uh, with the new extra charged coffee and uh, also the savory snack and bacon. But I don't have that today. Mm. Bummer. <laughs> Kelsey's like, mm, you lose. It's you like, lose. Um, so keep aiming high, guys. Fighting for your dreams. Duncan has what you need to keep your dreams running with the new extra charged coffee. And of course, the savory snack and bacon that Kelsey didn't get me, but no big deal. Swing by the store, order uh, delivery on the Duncan app. America runs on Duncan. And so does Better Together. Do you have our slate? Mm. Mm-hmm. Kelsey. No, I do. You I'm just kidding. It. It's right here. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. You guys ready for this? Mm-hmm. Let's go to our chat. So she's a world famous environmental activist and consumer advocate, a New York Times bestselling author and novelist whose story and life were portrayed by Julia Roberts in one of Hollywood's most iconic films. However, hers is not just the story of one woman's crusade to help the environment. Her story is that of a divorced single mother who followed her heart and overcame obstacles to achieve success while refusing to dim her light and while maintaining her sense of compassion, justice, and kindness. All of the above make her a true American hero and inspiration to us all. And of course, we are so excited to um, have Erin here today. How are you? I'm good. I love your emphasis on refusing. (laughs) Refusing to dim her light, because I think that a lot of us do kind of quickly go to that, that solution, dim your light, then everything will get better. And Mm -hmm. I've done it my whole life in so many moments. And most of the time, um, and it's not fun. And then when you dim it, Ooh, then like it gets, it gets kind of dark in there. It does. You can get into your own head. And, you know, um, for me, I grew up as a dyslexic. So very early on, I, I had that feeling I knew inside who I was and then I knew, but because I wasn't learning a certain way, I was quickly placed into a box. I was labeled different, perceived as different. And all of those things made me step back from who I was or what I knew And I struggled through that. I had great help with my mom always teaching me about stick-to-itiveness and and letting me know that that's others' perceptions to perceive you a certain way, but it doesn't have to be yours. 
And that just because you're different doesn't mean you're inferior. And I think we internalize that. And then when I got involved in my work in Hinkley um, that resulted in the film, I saw the same thing happening to that community. There was this air of suppression or it felt oppressive. And I could see that as soon as they tried to speak out, somebody with more of an education maybe, or had the science degree would push back on him, or you're just a mom. You're the crazy mom. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be talking about this. And then they would retreat back into themselves. And I've seen it play itself out across this country. And I learned in Hinckley that you don't have to be a doctor or a lawyer or a scientist or any of that to be a human and to know when you see something wrong, especially two-headed frogs in green water, that you too can step out of yourself and find your courage, get behind yourself in what you know and see and are experiencing and push forward to open that up to others so others can see to work with the collective and how you can inspire them, yourself, become empowered and push through what oftentimes feels like a shut door. Yeah, that is, I think, um, something that everyone kind of deals with. Like you said, the smart people come in, they make you feel stupid, you retreat, you go into your turtle shell, and and then nothing gets kind of accomplished, right? Now, Correct. whatever negative cycle is going on continues because you were too afraid to challenge. And I know we do that in healthcare a lot, even even me guys, and I'm pushing boundaries with my mom's cancer every day. Mm. I've had moments where I've been a little scared, but I, I, I push through, you know, because I know I have to, but I'm like, okay, if I'm feeling like this, and I know that I also already command a certain level of respect from these, these people I'm working with because of, you know, my place in this industry and stuff. I can only imagine what's happening to everybody else. And that's a hard process. So like, you know, you you had to push through probably at a younger age, but you also had something that was so important. And the young people give it, you know, have the name like, I have zero fucks to give. <laughs> but like, you never cared what people thought of you. And for me, I'll give you my example. I was bread to care what people think of me. And that's a bit of a handicap Mm. when you're going to push boundaries and break barriers. Well, first of all, I have to say, I love you even more because you just dropped the (laughs) (laughs) F-bomb. Thank you. Yay. (laughs) But no, it's really true. And there's so many like words we touch upon that mean so much. And um, I'm sorry about your mom's cancer. And that is very difficult. And you, as you said, you respect the, the doctors and what they do. And, and it makes me think what's pushing you through is the empathy that you have for another. And oftentimes that is missing. And I have learned it was the empathy of my mom or a teacher or an understanding or being willing to, because they care, becomes, it's the greatest thing we have. And that helped me. And then I learned from those communities. And as you're saying, um, dealing with your mom in this really difficult time, your empathy for her, being able to balance a boundary and the, the respect that you have. And we, 
I respect that too. And I respect the scientists and the medicines, but when internally we have an amazing gift, it's, it's intuitions, it's instincts. We're often taught not to listen to them, but it is that moment. And and maybe for you and certainly for me, and I've seen it with so many moms in these communities they just know it they and they stay with it because they trust that. Mm-hmm. And, and it's almost the moment that you trust that when you listen to yourself and you've just got this conflict, it doesn't feel right in my heart. My stomach's churning yet. I know in my mind that, you know, this is probably that, but I'm going to go with what I know here. The minute they push past that, they kind of become re-inspired. They find a new strength. You know, knowledge is power. They learn something different, and that can help them continue in that mo. You know, with that momentum. Yeah, I always say like keep a list of the moments when you felt that um, inner conflict because you just didn't feel like something was right, and you went with your path and the result that came from it so that you can keep building off of it and saying, well, you know what, every time I've done this, every time I've listened to myself, I've, I've been rewarded, like it's worked. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we all pretty much know when we don't listen to our inner guidance that we don't go down the right path. I think it's pretty clear, but we forget. And we also disempower ourselves by believing that someone else has the answer. Someone else knows better. Absolutely. Um, You know, I've shared many times my story of of writing my first book. And at the end of the day, you know, they were thinking that I was writing a bad book. And I was like, well, I don't know. You're the big bad publishers. Like, you should know better. I don't know. (laughs) And so when I I ran it by a few people from my, my life, they loved it. And I said, okay, I'd rather go forward with what I believe and what's coming from my heart, then fail doing something someone else thinks I should do. And it was a New York Times bestseller and the whole thing. But you have to listen to yourself. The thing is, is like cultivating it is like a muscle, like you have to keep building it. And, you know, for you, you also, like I said, had that edge where you didn't care what people thought of you. Was that something that your parents instilled in you or was that just something that's innate in you and was like that from you were, you know, from go when you were young? Well, you know, I, I, I am like everybody. I do care what people think about me. Um, and, but when I'm backed up on a principle and when it involves um, human health and life and deceptions or the environment that's going to harm people and I get real... T- I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way. 
T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the way. T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com. Promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Tuned into that real guttural sense of self, then I don't really care. Uh, and I, I have enough to do in my day like we all do and um, not to just play around with something like that. I mean, and so I know my environment when I get in it and I know when it's wrong. And this is something that's really, for me, that I've seen a lot. There's a lot of noise going on out there. There's more noise than we've ever seen. And we've become disconnected from our environment, which is a place that I find I can stand still and hear myself think. And so I often move to the environment. So my work is about the environment. And when I get there, it, I'm, when I'm connected to it, I'm connected to me. I've learned that understanding the environment and, and the people, we the people that live within this environment, um, when we get disconnected, we lose that sense of ourself. And it is oftentimes tragic moments where the world stops we're in a tragic moment. We've been at a stop that I think we can push a great reset. I do believe we're in a great awakening because we've stopped and the connection is happening again. Mm-hmm. And therefore we can hear ourselves. We can feel ourselves, our breath at that moment to maybe reprioritize, reboot, restart things that we may have become disconnected from. And it feels like very daunting times, um, and it is. But, you know, I've written my book, Superman's Not Coming. Mm. That can be scary, (laughs) but it's okay because, see, we're here. And I think we're waking up and seeing that again. The disconnection has been we the people and the disconnection from ourselves. Mm -hmm. I I think we're in a great moment to find it. Superman's Not Coming, I love because um, Kevin, my husband who's here with us, has a, a different version that he would use for a different thing where he's like santa claus isn't coming (laughs) so he would always like santa's not santa's not coming and giving you your career and making shit happen for you he's like you gotta get out there and do it and it's the same thing in a different way with you superman isn't coming you are superman you just don't know it yet you You haven't accessed it. it yet and and that's why we started with your quote which I loved, you know, we're so hard on ourselves. We're always looking for the hero, but we forget that we're the hero. Absolutely. And so how do you advise people to find their inner hero? Well, um, I just took a deep breath. That was going to be one of my uh, advices, but uh, I have some programs. I was going to say my, my train of thought skipped a moment. Because I learned early on, while Superman's not coming, Prince Charming wasn't coming either. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we were raised and and everything that we've done to create the society that we are was all good and well intended. And and we're different now. And it's a new world. And there's an evolution, if you will, that's occurring and and growth that needs to happen. And, And... we learned as little, you know, the Prince Charming was coming and, and all of these fairy tales in a way. And it's very disappointing when you grow up and these things don't happen because you're almost like expecting, you know, Cinderella and they're going to 
come and climb up the castle wall and rescue you, rescue mm-hmm. you, rescue you. And, and that was all good and well, but now we're really learning. We need to rescue ourselves. Yeah. I am like anyone else. I have self doubts. I have fears. They, they are with me. Uh, some days are more present than others, but what I, you have to kind of learn to do is you also, you have your internal self, but you can have a very negative internal voice and how to turn that off. And one of my programs I call Realize, Assess, and Motivate, not others, and of course we always encourage that, but rather yourself. And, and moms are keen at this. You know, I, I've learned that moms are a game changer. When moms are pissed off, get out of the way they're going to get something done because they're connected. And my connection is with my children or my connection is to my environment. To find that voice, you need, most importantly, the trick to motivation is self-renewal. Get somewhere where you feel connected. For me, it's to the water. I get to um, the ocean, I get to a river, I take a walk where I can make that connection. And, you know, I'm fascinated with water because we are water. Mm -hmm. We are water. And when you get around water and you think about its resiliency and its fortitude and its constant forward motion, and how it has the ability to change our landscape and create hills and valleys and 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 the power of when water comes together it creates this awesome waterfall this strength i'm that so if i can connect back to that i can find that internal voice that feels strong again so i encourage people to get to that place where you can be silent and hear yourself think, Mm -hmm. feel yourself breathe and have that conversation with you that you are okay or how you will decipher information or noise coming in and what's important and what's chatter and what you can let go so you can get back to the task at hand. So go where you reconnect. And I'm always fascinated. Um, I do a lot of keynote speaking and I ask audience members to shut their eyes. And in this crazy world we live in, to breathe for a moment and keep your eyes closed and feel or imagine where it is you go to feel comfortable, to breathe, to hear yourself, to unwind, And I just let them sit there for a minute. And I ask them all, before you open your eyes, I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to raise your hand. And then I'll tell you to open your eyes. How many of you are somewhere outdoors, Mm -hmm. at the ocean, on the beach, in the trails, in the mountains, feeling the sun? Raise your hands. There you go. I just opened my eyes. Everybody in the room. Isn't that crazy? We are this environment. We are water. We have disconnected from it. When you feel lost, I want to encourage you to go back to that and breathe. And when you find that breath, just like the ocean waves that are breathing, they come in and they go out. They come in and they go out. You can hear who you are and feel who you are. 
And what I encourage people, and oftentimes why I think we shut ourselves down, is there's this like standard idea of what we're supposed to be, how you're supposed to look, what you're supposed to wear, that if you're flawed, you're this. I don't know one person that doesn't have a flaw or a vulnerability. Instead of pushing against that, own it, embrace it. And I think you'll find out that oftentimes the little idiosyncrasies about yourself, those little itty bitty flaws that you don't like, those disabilities that you have like dyslexia, these things are your gifts. These things are actually your strengths. Don't push them away. Mm. Embrace every part of yourself. It's empowering and go out and be you. I love that. Well, you were you in an environment where you didn't normally fit, right? And so um, I think I'd love to have you share that with everybody because your fashion was definitely a topic of conversation when you were a law clerk, (laughs) which we got to see on the big screen before any of the newer generation that maybe haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Um, you know, how did you push through and say, I don't care what people are supposed to look like here. This is who I am. That's to my point. You judged me by how I looked or how I dressed, not the fact that we were trying to uncover a corporate secret that was poisoning and killing many, many people. Mm-hmm. So there we go. You're quickly tagged with something. And It's that label and that judgment and that perception. And like my mom taught me, that's others' choice to see that way, but it doesn't have to be yours. For me, my wardrobe was nothing about anything I was doing or was never a representation of, you know, people's idea of my lack of education. I'm plenty smart and I definitely have my education. It was just who I was. Uh, First of all, it's really hot in Hinkley. There would be days I prefer to <laughs> run naked. <laughs> so, I mean, it is hot. I was constantly stripping clothes. That was just... As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. Who I was. um, And my fashion is my mood. It's not always bustiers. Uh, you know, I'm a little older now, so now I'm like, yeah, no. But um, <laughs> that was that was me. That was a part of me, and it was interesting to watch the feedback about you were dressed that way. And, and you know, I got that so early on. You know, the way you look, the way you talk, the lack of education. You're not a doctor. You're not a lawyer. You're not a scientist. You know, why should we listen to you? And I actually felt like I was standing there bare naked. And you don't have to listen to me, but 
I'm a human and I don't have to be any of that to tell you something's very wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to jump in here in any way I can and help. Did you ever feel alone? Oh, gosh, yes. You know what? I Listen, I still feel that today. I still find my, it's still here today. And this is why I think where we are today is a great awakening for us. And that we might finally start stripping away these labels and identification and oppressive, suppressive ideas of we as humans. And um, yes, I do feel alone, but we are never really alone. And if you can connect to you, you, you will understand we're never really alone. We, we are all here together and we put these boundaries up to think that we're all so different. We're all so much alike and we're all in this together. And if you can find that comfort of your own voice, uh, you'll realize that you are okay and you're not alone. And don't be afraid to be afraid to be alone. Mm-hmm. I, I so worry that we don't let our emotions out. It's okay. If you tell yourself, and listen, I've had a lot of anxiety in the past, and I've worked on this. It's allowing yourself to say, I'm okay that I'm scared. I'm okay that I'm alone. It's okay, because we never do that. You know, what you resist will persist. Mm -hmm. I heard that the other day, and it really stuck with me. So stop resisting it. Stop, you know, pushing on this, I'm alone. And own it, accept it. It's Let it happen. Mm-hmm. So you are alone, but when you do, you, you'll realize you're not and you won't feel as alone. But also, usually I feel like whatever you're resisting is what you actually need. Yes. Like as being long as you alone, resist, it will persist. Yeah. And so you might need to be alone so that you can hear certain things, so that you can feel yes. those feelings, that you can overcome them, you can work on them. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize. We're always trying to like push away all these things. Right. And usually the things you're pushing on the hardest are the things you need the most. It's very true. And so don't push, allow it. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, here's when I get like that. I'm going to, oh, I'm going to be water. That's my thing. My hands are up. I'm going to be water. I'm going to flow. And, and you'll find out that you are okay. But I, I do experience that. And it is difficult. Mm-hmm. And... <clears throat> You know, I talk about logic, leverage, loyalty, and love. So what is logic? That's your common sense. And and listen to that again. And, you know, I grew up in Kansas around tornadoes. And I could be outside playing. And when you're present, you know, how often is it we're really present? We're either thinking about something in the past or we're looking to the future. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm outside on the hot summer day, I'm I'm present. And, And you will begin to notice, you know, thunderheads. You'll begin to notice it's stickier. The air feels heavier. And, you know, when the tornado sirens go off, you know, I've never occurred to me to stop and call the weather channel and ask if it was an F4 or an F5. I didn't really care. I needed to get to safety. And so that common sense allows you to to be present and, and to hear and feel yourself. And it's amazing to me when you listen to that and you use your common sense, you end up doing logically the right thing. I talk about leverage. You know, that's a word maybe we should redefine because everyone has an idea. Leverage is something bad. Leverage is something good. It's bringing in the collective. And that I learned in Hinckley. 
in mathematics, one plus one equals two, but in principle, one plus one equals five, 50, 500, 500,000 or more. It's the extension of the community. And that becomes leverage because we are stronger in numbers. We find the collective. When we work together, we create a huge movement. Loyalty is the stick to itiveness. Um, most people may have not heard that word. Some people may have. I thought it was made up when my mom taught me about stick to itiveness. It's definition propensity to follow through in a determined manner. Hmm. Dogged persistence born of obligation and stubbornness. I'm like, oh, this is my favorite word. Stubborn is <laughs> my middle name. It's most of our middle names, I think. And then mostly it's your why. Ask yourself, why Why are we participating in everything that we are? It's never born of hate. It's born of love. And find that place in your heart and that empathy and that caring. You know what really makes us happy is giving back to others. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we always see that. But I, there's days I wake up and I think, oh, gosh, it's Monday. I'm just shuffled or this or that. But you know what? I'm excited to see the grandchildren. We're excited to watch our kids graduate from high school or from college. We're excited to walk them down the aisle. We're excited to bring in that next generation. You know, we're excited because we love our country. We love our freedom. We love our, all of it It is, is just motivating. And so these are things that when you feel stuck, that if you can be quiet, you can, you can hear and feel and, let the hate go and find that why. And all of us do it every day. I know it. And we wake up every day and, and put yourself out there for yourself, for others, for the environment, just because it's life, it's beautiful and, and come from a place of love. If you really will talk with yourself, you'll hear it. You'll feel it. You know it. That's your why. And if you know your why, and you use all of the things that you just said, anybody can make an impact. Absolutely. You just have to believe that you can. And when you can get to that space and it's peeling back the layers of yourself. For me, my journey in the environment was actually taking me on to a journey of my own self-discovery. And, and like water eroding the rocks and it peels back those layers, you can see what's beneath. <laughs> and, and when you can do that for yourself, you'll peel back the layers of your internal strength. And that's, that's where you grow from. And also when you know your why, when people push you down, you know why you can get back up and push forward, I feel like. Absolutely. And for me, this is why I've never understood, you know, my, my response is, um, you know, fuck off. Uh, And it's, it's not meant to be disrespectful, but um, I don't want that, that label, um, that judgment, that perception put on me. Mm -hmm. And um, so the minute for me, when I feel that I often am like, Oh, what is it's going on with you? That would put you to push me back. And that helps me to get back up and look at, okay. And this is something I do and I'm, I'm good at. I, I'm accountable for if I misstepped or made a mistake, I own it. I'm all about owning it. 
and not blaming anyone else. I'm going to own something. But when that happens, when I'm listening to myself, that conversation is, okay, why was that? I immediately take a look. Did, did I do something that was offensive? If I did, I didn't mean it. Let's, let's rehab this conversation. So I, when I'm in that moment, I will come back to myself. I, I, my thinking, and if my thinking wants to go, well, you did this, I, I, I stop and I come back to self. It's like, come back to center. Mm-hmm. And you have to make it a habit of doing that. If you catch yourself, just come back to center, but don't sit there and beat yourself up over something. Say, okay, now I made a mistake. That's good. We all do, right? We all do. But how do I come forward from there? Mm-hmm. So for me, it's ownership. It's accepting these things. It's acceptance of ourselves. We are so hard on ourselves. And I think yep. that's why we look for someone else to fix it or change it. But you don't need that. Stop being so hard on yourself. Forgive yourself. Embrace yourself. We are imperfect. So what? For me, that's what makes you so great. That's that's the individuality of you. But get out of this self mantra of I was wrong. That was stupid. I shouldn't have. I should have shut up. I should have mm-hmm. done this. Just, you know what? Okay. You said you, you made a mistake. Okay. So important. But stop beating yourself up. It's so, so, so important. I think we spend a lot of time beating ourselves up and then now you're exhausted. And how are you going to move forward? How are you going to do anything that you need to get done? Um, And, uh, you know, one of the things I loved at a Tony Robbins seminar I went to, he made us kind of go back to like our five-year-old self. And then through this process, it's called the Dickens process. You know, you realize like, would I ever talk to that little five-year-old kid like that? Never. I would never, I would say, oh my God, it's totally fine. Your life, this is like a pebble, like a, like a piece of sand in your whole life. Like, it's fine. You're going to be okay. Like, I love you. You're so squishy, whatever it is. <laughs> um, you would never talk to a little kid like that. You're like you as a little kid. Um, I, I always think of that <laughs> and it helps me um, have less mental violence. I think the other thing that we were all talking as a group this morning about is, and we were chatting about it in the opening a little bit of the show, is that you know, we look to so many people for inspiration like yourself. And we always think, you know, whoa, that's, you know, Erin Brockovich. She's, you know, amazing. And, you know, and then we create stories about why you can and why we can't. Oh, no, you can. And I think one of the things that I always really like to do is, is to, have guests share their their vulnerabilities and their flaws and that they have them because no one is perfect, as you said, throughout this interview. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you had to deal with dyslexia. I know that you had a conversation with Kelsey about even having to deal with anorexia at some point. Yes. yes. You know, there's been so many challenges in your life that you've had to overcome. Um, and you always will have things to overcome. Oh, every one of us. And, you know, I, um, I did share about <clears throat> learning with anorexia. The only way out is through. You want to get on the other side of that door. You've got to walk through what we have to walk through. And that's that moment where you think you can, but you can. And if you can find that connection and hear yourself, um, 
it's a process and I don't want anyone thinks it happens overnight, but it's acceptance of it will be hard to get through certain things and accept that it's going to be hard. Okay. And uh, when you, when it's too hard, you know, there's not days that I don't say, okay, well, well, time out. Cause I'm dropping on the floor. I got to cry for 15 minutes. I got to get this out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but see, we just don't allow ourselves to be that. Yeah. We hold ourselves back. You have to look no further than the mirror on who's holding you back. Mm. And oftentimes it's ourselves. And I've learned throughout this country, every community I'm in, it's a mom that is having the same conversation you and I are having now, but sees and experiences and feels. And when you get into it, knows they're going to get into it. And they just rise up and do it. I think of it like a Super Bowl game. And so we are in the Super Bowl of life. Mm -hmm. And the fans are your cheerleaders, but they're your support. They're your friends. They're your team. We've all seen it. You've got this. You can do it. When you get into the game and and the Super Bowl game, you know you're going to get knocked down and pushed around, right? So you're going to pick up the ball and you're going to try to push for a field, you know, down to the goal line, you know, and you start looking around, someone doesn't want you to get there, right? They're going to push and knock you down. And when you get knocked down, can you imagine in the Super Bowl, you just like, okay, fine. I'm leaving the ball and walk off the field. The fans are going to go, what are you doing? Get back out there. These are your friends and family and support the collective. Know in the game, you're going to get, push back 40 yards, pick the ball up. You might rush 60. If you get knocked down again for five, pick it back up. Keep moving forward. You Mm -hmm. see that field goal. And I'm telling you that moment will come. You're going to pick that ball up and you are going to run the full distance. And you're going to go, yes, I did it. So I I think of us in our life as as the great Super Bowl. Come in knowing there's going to be someone that wants to stop you. You're going to get pushed around. You're going to get knocked down. But don't let that distract you and leave the ball and walk away. It's a perfect reference for the day after Super Bowl, too, because being from Kansas, (laughs) obviously, um, you know, last night was a rough one. But if you look at what Patrick Mahomes did last night in the Super Bowl, he kept, I mean, that man got smashed by three guys at (laughs) once down, got up, kept trying to throw the ball while he's being there hit. The ball. I was so impressed with him because he kept trying. Now you're right. And we love sports I mean, analogies like, he here. Was, he was half on the ground throwing sidearm. They're literally and ran- almost connecting. And like almost, almost well, making they, it. They were ra- I've never seen this before. They're actually ranking the greatest non-receptions in hi- throws in history. Well, amongst the three or four of those ones yeah, that it for was sure. Like Where you're like, how he must he have been weird. so connected to the game that he still could do well, something in the impossible. He really is that amazing. But what I'm trying to get at with this is we love sports analogies here. Now, if you saw Patrick Mahomes quit or cry or be like, I can't believe these refs, because now everyone's talking about the refs and the refs were fine. Like, let's be real. Tom Brady's just <laughs> the greatest of all time. And that's that. But if they were, if he was like, man, the refs and this and that and playing victim, <laughs> we all would have a different of opinion of him today. Mm-hmm. Today, we're like, God, that guy really hustled. He tried so hard. He cared so much. He's going to get it next time. And, Absolutely. And you're right. And my our favorite quote, too, is from Rocky Balboa. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. 
how much you can take and keep moving forward. So I love that because now I use the Super Bowl reference of when Tom Brady and the Patriots were down 28 to three against the Atlanta Falcons. And that was Mm -hmm. the biggest comeback ever. And I'm always like, okay, my mom's stage four brain cancer just got COVID. We're dealing with all of that. I mean, she's past the COVID now, but like because of the COVID, she wasn't able to get treatments and the tumor has gotten very, very large. I'm like, all right, we're just, we're just the Patriots. We're down 28 to three. Like I believe, I believe the Patriots could come back from something no one had come back from. I'm not going to believe my mom can get past this. That's it. That's how I think. And I choose to think that way. We end the show every day with be a nice person, make good choices and be present for a reason. I choose that. It's better for my mental health. It's better for her. And it's better for the laws of attraction to continue to bring us the miracles that we've been getting for almost five years. And so I love you just gave me a new football (laughs) reference because you're right. Rejection is so hard. I hate it. I can give up easily on certain things too. Like if I'm pitching a show and two people hate it, I'm like, oh, it's a stupid idea. And then I'll quit. (laughs) And so even me, like, and I share that because again, I like to share the vulnerabilities because, and the flaws because someone else out there might think that that's not the case, but I hate rejection too. And I've, I've grown to hate it more and more as I get older, but now I'm going to be like, oh, freaking Patrick Mahomes didn't quit. (laughs) Okay, fine. Let's pitch it to 20 more places. And this is why our lives, why we love the sports, because it is us. Yep. That is life. Expect it, know it, learn from it, and we are inspired by that. Mm. That too is you. Yeah. Drop the ball, pick it up, go again. And I also It's your love... failures that define you. Mm. Yes. I also love the water, um, the, the question you pose to everyone about where they went in that meditation. Because I, when I was in Mexico um, a couple years ago, I, I spent the entire time every morning going out to the beach and meditating. And I said, this is a real expensive trip. <laughs> I'm going to get everything I can out of this. So I'm going to make this so vivid in my body that when I leave here, I can transport myself here anytime and feel like I'm here and experience it like I was there. And so every time I meditate, I'm on that beach in that chair Mm -hmm. and I'm seeing those waves and it's been such a game changer for me and I love it so much. But the bigger lesson in all of that for everybody is what you were saying, generally we want to be in nature. I know I love nature. I fully know that about myself. I'm the happiest person when I'm outside I'm happiest when I'm with animals and trees and all of that. And I think that the more we recognize that, the better we will be to our planet, obviously, but also the more we'll realize that that's where we need to go Mm -hmm. and we need to go there more, right? Not just like- Because when you rescue that, you rescue yourself. Mm. We are that. Yeah. And water. And if you look at a big satellite imagery- of all the rivers and the creeks and the tributaries and how they run to the ocean, which is the heart. It's the breath. It's the tide and in and out. Those rivers and creeks and tributaries are almost a replica of the veins running through our body. Mm -hmm. And I'm so connected there. And I think that we all are. 
and it, we've become disconnected. And it, it makes me think uh, in my book, and I'm a big fan of Rachel Carson. And oh my gosh, you know, things that she was talking about in the 60s are still here today. They're not better, they're worse. But the quote, and I always usually have it right here in the beginning of my book, is, has uh, stuck with me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share it here why we're on this conversation. So it's, it's part one, the scary truth. Man's attitude towards nature is today critically important simply because we have now acquired a fateful power to alter and destroy nature. But man is a part of nature and his war against nature is inevitably a war against himself. We are challenged as mankind has never been challenged before to prove our maturity and of ourselves, not only of nature, but of oneself. We can't and we shouldn't keep trying to control nature. Rather, when we can see ourselves, we'll, we will be one with nature because we are. And Rachel Carson wrote that in the 60s. And here we are having this conversation today. Mm-hmm. Here we are having this conversation about the Super Bowl. Here we are having this conversation in COVID that shut us down and put us back on that great reset where we can reconnect to the environment, when we do, to yourself. That's the evolution and the future of where we need to move to because we feel and know the the old, the antiquated, while these ideas and policies and all of it may have worked then, it won't be and isn't who we are today. And I think we are waking up to ourselves. And I think we should cheer and get just as excited and passionate as we were with that Super Bowl last night. It is the game of life. Pick the ball up. You got this. I just know it. And we are here. We are awake. I am, maybe we've been asleep. Maybe we got comfortable. Maybe we got complacent. Maybe we were all happy inside those boundaries of that box. But I see a great moment where all of us, boom, are going to push out of that and move forward where we need to go. I'm very excited. I totally agree. By our future. And I'm very excited by the waking up of we, the people. Erin, I know that obviously, you know, there's the movie um, by your name that Julia Roberts played in. Um, Aaron Brockovich. That was but now, surreal. <laughs> uh, I mean, she's like my favorite ever. She calls me the girl that with was, the crazy uh, laugh. That was cool. <laughs> That's cool. She's like, you're the girl with the crazy laugh. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I take it. <laughs> um, you know, Katie Seagal is going to play you now, right? She is. And what's that? In ABC's new series called Rebel. Rebel. Rebel with the cause. And what's it? what's it based on? Like, what's the story here? So it, it's, it's inspired by me. But, you know, I've always said Aaron Brockovich isn't about me. It's about all of us. And, and Rebel is us and, and everything that's gone from that time, time in my life to now. It's inspired by me. But Rebel is all of us. Rebel is that evolution, that acceptance, that us embracing and bringing in so much in our lives that we've left out looking at, at again that person um, or a label or a perception on them that couldn't become the greatest researcher you'll find out that they in fact are because of 
that blockage. We've let the greatest love and minds and, and, and spirits and everything slide through our cracks. So rebel brings all of that to life. Rebel, um, and insist because it's the right thing to do, uh, even though she doesn't follow that standard of what you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. how she busts out and makes that change um, through acceptance. Um, Rebel isn't afraid of her vulnerabilities or her flaws. She'll embrace them. She's not afraid of that failure. She will push through in that great Super Bowl game, even though it's not, you know, always the the move that you would think. Um for the right cause mm-hmm. and for the embracement of the collective, the uniqueness and the beauty of us as people, diversity, everything and all, and owning that and pushing forward in the right way. So she's the evolution <laughs> of what you saw as Erin Brockovich, which is all of us. And, and here we are and, and how she moves forward and doing the right thing. Um, she's rebel. I think all of us are rebel. We need her. I'm glad I'm excited to watch. You know, you had <laughs> so said I'm looking forward to it. I really am. You had said to Kelsey that um that there was some stuff perhaps in Massachusetts that you thought could be connected to my mom and I getting brain tumors. And I, I want you to just share a little bit about that, but then also I want your opinions on is it the new 5G technology mm. everyone's going crazy over? Is it 6G, yeah, 20G? Yeah. I don't know which freaking oh, yeah. G it is. Yeah. But I I I wonder. I went forest bathing once. Have you ever gone forest bathing? Forest bathing. Okay, it's a Japanese. It's it's something that the Japanese did in the tech era when it was all booming. Um, and they created cancer paths that were certified cancer paths because of the um, the like um, oils Microwaves. that were emitted from the trees. And so anyway, I did a whole episode on it. So I went forest bathing and it was so amazing. You go through this forest with a guide. They give you these invitations to like find a tree you're connected to. It sounds really foo-foo, but it's Mm -hmm. so amazing. It's not so (laughs) foo-foo. I loved it. I was like hugging this tree. I was like, you're my friend. Anyway, I was giving it like energy work because it would look like it was tired and like dying. Anyway, when we were coming back, there was this landscape that I'll never forget. It was the cityscape. And normally I would look at it and be like, whoa, how beautiful. I wanted to throw up. I got this guttural, horrible feeling after being Mm -hmm. in nature for that, you know, extended time. And then looking at that, I'm like, ugh, that's what we live in. We're just in a frying pan of like electricity, like all the time. No wonder Mm -hmm. we're all anxietied and stressed and sick. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I want to know about the Massachusetts stuff. And then I want to know about what you think about you know, this 5G stuff and and cell phones and all of that before we let you go, because obviously we need a little of that, too. Well, what you just said is true. And I what we've been talking about and reading what Rachel Carson said, we created the fateful power to alter and destroy nature. We, we can't we can't afford to do that anymore. That tree you were hugging. Oh, I do all day long. It is living. It is living Nature is living. The water is living. It is us. And all of these things, the the pollution, we became very industrialized very, very quickly. Um, I have so many things I want to say here at once. It it reminds me again, um, I was born and raised in Kansas. 
I love Wizard of Oz. Me too. It's my favorite fan. movie. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to be from there so bad. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, so have you read the book that started the film written by L. Frank Baum, The Wizard of Oz? I never read it, but I, I, I've heard of it. Okay, so you got to read the book. I will. It is fascinating. L. Frank Baum wrote the book, The Wizard of Oz, at the pre-height of the Industrial Revolution as a way to teach his children the power of individualism and thinking for one's self in a world that would increasingly begin to speak for you. Sound familiar? So there's amazing political allegories to that book, very studied. And Dorothy is a representation of every girl in America on that journey to find herself, right? Mm -hmm. And in the film, it shows, and in the book, there's a, a twister as she's running away to go find herself, a twister. That twister is actually a representation of trouble in D.C., and I'm like, oh, my God, this is intriguing me. <laughs> wait, no, wait, am right. I in a parallel moment? And each character has a specific meaning. So the house that lands on the munchkins is a representation of the people who are frustrated, who aren't being heard. And they tell Dorothy, follow the yellow brick road, which was gold, the yellow brick road, the gold path, the standard of money. Follow it. Follow the money to the wizard. I'm like, oh, gosh, this is like so reminiscent of, is this what we've been doing? And so she meets her cast of characters, her collective that goes on the journey with her, the Cowardly Lion, who was a representation of L. Frank Baum's best friend, Williams, Brian, Brian Williams Jennings, always running for president, known for his fiery rhetoric, but had no courage. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that sounds familiar. And then the Tin Man was a representation of industry workers who lost their heart by the way they were treated. Are you kidding me? And then the Scarecrow was a representation of the farmer who at that time, because the banks were buying up all the land, everyone thought the farmer had no brain. And I'm looking at our farmers today. So this is a collective of a representation of the American people, the girl next door the industry worker, the politician, the farmer. And so on that journey, we all, you've got to go research this. It's true. (laughs) So then this is the political allegory to it. And it's all over Google. You'll see. And then the wizard knows shit. (laughs) The wizard's just in. (laughs) Right. So here we are. And this is where I think we've been. We know the wicked witch comes and puts him to sleep in the poppy fields. Okay, Mm -hmm. what is it you didn't want us to know? Have we been put to sleep? Did we get comfortable? Did we get complacent? Did we buy an illusion? Because you know how the ending of the story is. They find out, they pull the wizard, the curtain back. There is no wizard. But what did they learn? It's what I think we're seeing and learning. You have always had the courage. You have always had the brain. You have always had a heart. And with that collective scene, we will find our way back. 
That's where we are. And so I've been fascinated with Wizard of Oz. And I, I bring that up because the question you ask me took me there um, about Massachusetts. Yes, there is such toxic issues, such environmental destruction in that area. I don't understand why we don't see or make that connection that when you've poisoned that water, when you've poisoned that land, when you've poisoned that air with chemicals, we've poisoned ourselves. And the outcome can oftentimes be illness. And, and for you and your mom both to have those brain tumors, I'm, I'm hoping we can stay connected via email to know where you live because yeah. I will start researching into it. Wow. And we have seen this in other communities. And there's this idea that the, the solution to pollution was dilution. That, that's just not working out. And we're the ones that have, have absorbed all this pollution. And again, in an industrialized country back when. And, and here we are. And, and I think our newest revolution, that book was written at the pre-height of the Industrial Revolution. This revolution that's kicking us where we're going has been technology, yeah. has been social media, and has been how we're finding and seeing information maybe that we've never been able to see before. And we will start putting that together. What's happened to your mom and you and other communities, we, we can't allow to happen. We need to correct the problem and change course in protecting and preserving our water our land, our air, that is us. And when we destroy it, we destroy us. And I worry greatly that there is association and there's much science out there between certain chemicals and certain cancers and diseases. And as long as we don't want to connect those dots or see the bigger picture or look at it, we're not going to find that solution. Mm -hmm. I believe we are inherently great. The problem has been we've not necessarily been solution driven because we're afraid to look at it. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy to research and, and take a look at where you're at and provide you with any information. Knowledge is power that, that can help during this time with your mom can give you some answers possibly because that's what we're looking for mm -hmm. or some information that a doctor or science might in fact not have. Yeah. That if they do, we can find a solution moving forward so we don't have to keep having these conversations and suffering in, in health the way that I see this nation suffering from pollution. Don't you think that the biggest thing might be that people don't want to see the problem because it's going to cost to fix? It is going to cost to fix, but the cost is much greater if we continue to ignore it. Oh, I for sure know that. But don't you think like these big corporations that do all these terrible things are like, oh, I mean, it's amazing when we think of like what we do to our food and our, you know, our meat and our absolutely. dairy and all. It is absolutely horrendous but yet we know it and they know it and we know it and we just continue the cycle 
This is where I think there's a shift um, because we are now seeing it. And, and the big picture is it's everywhere. You know, shit rolls downhill and it's rolling in everybody's backyard. And oftentimes it isn't until it's in your backyard you don't rise up because you can't see it or you think it's because you can't see it. It isn't happening mm-hmm. or it's not happening to you. But we're starting to see it's happening to all of us. And we're going to have to. And I talk about in Superman's not coming. The idea that this oversight, you know, we always say they. I'm running around all the time going, who they, who are they? And they who are they? <laughs> That's so true. Where are you? Yeah. <laughs> but um that that pressure um we're seeing doesn't work. And, and instead of having this big idea that this oversight is there to fix it and rescue you, rather it, it exists in your own backyard. It's like Dorothy. You have to look no further than your own backyard Mm -hmm. and right at your own community, at your own city council. We need to take a look at who we are choosing as our leaders and realize, you know, here's the thing that just fascinates me in my book um, across this country. When when that wake up call happens, how uh, the stay at home mom in Hannibal, Missouri, who never thought she could rise up and run for city council did and won. That we need to really look at these microcosm of these micro areas, your own backyard, that you could be on city council, who those leaders are, what, why we've picked and chosen them. We need to be very careful about that. And we can shift that, not waiting for the big federal oversight, but you can begin to take that action right at your own city council. Mm -hmm. I can't even begin to tell you the changes I have seen. If every mom in America rose up and and ran at that city council and made those changes that we're talking about uh, and lit that up across this country, actually, we'd get something done. Mm -hmm. We would actually affect change and and work for that solution. But we think that it resides somewhere out there with they and the big whoever you are, you're just going to trickle it down like fairy dust to my backyard. No. (laughs) It's so true. true. And um, I'm seeing it happening everywhere. And the conversation, we're finally having the conversation and, and looking at the issue and how we can begin to address it. And, and just having the conversation, just the fact, I don't know. Maybe we are and we have pulled that curtain back and we now are seeing there isn't a wizard. Mm -hmm. There isn't any one person that's going to save us and that we are going to drill down to ourselves, to our community and to those governments and those local agencies right there within our own backyard. That is a position and a seat at the table we've been missing from Mm -hmm. and we're going to get back there. And we will make those changes. We will be that solution. That's good. That's going to happen. And we're here. Yeah. I wonder, you know, with um, technology, you know, you're talking about the L. Frank Baum story, and I'm going to totally get it and read it. And I can't wait. Oh, just it's all over Google. Oh, I can't wait. Um, I feel like, you know, technology is a good and a bad thing, as we know, right? It is. It's connected us. We have more information than we ever have. So how do you kind of reconcile technology with regards to knowing how how kind of bad it can be as well we still need it and it's inevitable we can't change it we're not going to say oh i'm not going to go 5g on my phone right even though we know 
perhaps it could be bad for us. It's well, like- we do worry, and it's a lot of microwave currents and energies out there, and it can and it does affect us. You know, I, I, I think we need to, and I look at this all the time, there's some bad business models out there. And there's this idea that you have to make money. Um, and you can't do the right thing or you won't make money. And I, and I look at so many companies and I'll talk about Pacific Gas and Electric for a moment. And this idea that they have, you know, let's not fix the problem because we're going to make more money not fixing the problem and we're going to run it down the end of the line mm-hmm. um, and people will die in the process so we can have the money. It isn't working out at all. And I look at PG&E in the first lawsuit and the payouts there, the second lawsuit, the fires, um, because they won't find the solution to their problem. They've spent $40 billion or more, a third of their company. We need to rethink how and why we're doing things. If they had done the right thing at the upfront, which was, thoughtful and solution driven, not only for your bottom line of money, but for the environment and for the public health and welfare of people, you would have saved an environment, saved a life, saved a community, and you would have still made money. So this idea that we're only going to rush to 5G to make more money We need to, part of that solution is as you're doing that, understand it'll never work out in the end if all you want is the money that you wipe everybody out and you destroy the environment and you end up getting sued and it's going to cost you triple that. Let's find and strike that balance and on the 5G and where you're going to put it or how many we have to have. Or on the upfront doing studies, you know, I wish the EPA did that, you know, they, they don't do studies on the upfront to assure before we put something in the environment what the damage will be caused. We do that as an after fact, after the horse has left the barn. Mm-hmm. I see this with every chemical we're dealing with. So you let it into the environment first, then you've got to find the money to study it. Then it takes 20 years to study it, only to conclude, shit, Houston, we have a problem. This chemical that's been running rampant in the water or the air or the soil or the environment for 20 years, in fact, causes cancer. You, Round you up. Just, what? Another, <laughs> oh, well, how about this? Show me what that chemical does in the environment before you ever put into the environment. So we do things ass backwards. Mm -hmm. And if we could just shift that around, you'd have solutions. You can still have technology. You can still have industry, but you can't do it at the sake for the sake of the environment or the people or public health and welfare. We have to strike that balance and we have an opportunity to do that. We are better than this. We are smarter than this technology is. So in your quest to just run and get everything out there, listen, we all appreciate where we're going, but it can't come at the price of the destruction of the planet and human life. So we need to rebalance companies with people with the environment. We can do that. We are seeing the fallout of very, very poor decisions. Mm -hmm. And we need to correct that course. 
for the future. Better business models. Mm -hmm. I love that. That really (laughs) just kind of stuck with me because I think um, it just kind of makes it so simple. It's like, why are we still using the same business practices that have not served us? And who's going to be there to buy your services when everybody's sick and dying anyway? Um, And is that what you really want? Is that how you want to make your money? Like redefining success, I think, is a really important part of this because do you want to make your money off of hurting everybody when you could come up with a better business model that still makes you money? Maybe you make a smidge less. Maybe you'll make even more, you know, when you look at like, I think you'll make more (laughs) when you look at like the Tom's model, right? They were probably, Mm -hmm. I think the first who came out and said, you buy a pair of sneakers, we're going to give a pair of sneakers to somebody or a pair of shoes to someone who needs Mm -hmm. them. Like that was brilliant. And guess what? Everyone got behind it. I think that that's such a, a powerful message for everyone to leave with. And, and, um, Aaron, you're amazing. And I can't wait till I'm back on the West coast. I can, um, get some coffee with you and, and talk more. And I feel like, I would uh, enjoy that. I feel like there's, um, there's a lot of cool stuff we can do together. Cause mm-hmm. I definitely, um, share a passion for, um, for helping people. And I think that's what you're really doing. You're helping people and, um, and and one of your quotes that Kelsey wrote down was, I thrive on being the voice for those who don't know how to yell. And my asterisk is yet, because you're teaching Ooh. people how. <laughs> and that's what we were doing here today. And I hope that everyone who's listening right now is learning that being different is your asset and your and your strength. And, you know, don't be afraid because the people who color inside the lines, that's all they get. You know, the people who kind of, who push the limits though, and the boundaries, you know, they're the ones that we write movies about, right? (laughs) That's you. We don't write stories about someone who colored in the lines and did everything perfect and just lived in their box and, and didn't, you know, realize their full potential. You know, you went out there, you were you, and that's why we admire you. And that's why that movie was amazing. And the, the Katie Seagal story series on ABC Rebel, look, all of that's going to be amazing. Um, it's those stories that we love that inspire us. It's the Tom Brady's who come back from 28 to 3. So I always <laughs> tell people, live your life the way you would want your story told. And that's going to help you live a much better, much more fulfilled and happier life, I think. Um, so I'm I'm super, super happy that we got to spend time together today. And thank you for giving us so much of your time. Oh, no, I so enjoy it. And you're making such a difference yourself. And I, I do want to say I am sorry about your mom. And I've Thanks. heard what you've both been through. I hope you will email me. I and, will. Um, so I know right where you are. And we'll take a um, a look into that very, very quickly, but it, it does happen. And, and I don't, mm-hmm. the idea that, that what we did to become who we are destroys so many lives in the environment. We're here, we're going to make that shift and it, it will happen with you and the strength of you and your platform to sharing it for others. See, you know, I could break out into the Beatles song. I am you, you or me, we are all together. And we're um, better together. <laughs> We are. And I'm so thank you for everything that you're doing. I look yes. forward to the coffee. It was really a pleasure to be here today. Thank you. And I send wonderful wishes um, for your mom. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a journey. Just like you said, 
you know, all of this was happening for you to find your way. And, you know, I think the Mm -hmm. same thing with her. I I was like, you know, sometimes I'm like, God, am I, am I kind of like screwing up my life and not like, and, and focusing so much on her. And I'm like, no, her, me focusing on her is helping me learn things that I'm able to share with everybody else. And, and it's like this, this kind of everything's feeding each other. And this is where I'm supposed to be in this moment. So absolutely. Yeah, it's, similar. it's true. You know, I've learned that to, it's hard to, to breathe and accept that the universe has you right now, mm-hmm. right where you're supposed to be. Yep. There's strength in that. There's hope in that. For sure. I love it. Well, I'm going to have Kelsey connect us. That's right. Because you're going to die when I tell you that two of my dogs had brain tumors, too. Um, okay. Yeah. That's just, you know, when you hear that. Cause I, and I did all the tests in the house with the electricity. I did what I could that I knew of. Because sure. it's like, it's something's crazy. not right. Yeah. Um, but, um, but I will definitely email you and thank you and have the most amazing day. Um, and you too. when I'm back on the West coast, I will hit you up for sure too. I look forward to that. And for everybody, remember we, we are that we're that great Super Bowl game. Yes. Remember that. I love it. God, I love her. Oh my I love her so God. much. I was so excited. I knew you guys would just hit it off. I could have talked to her for three more I know. hours. I could have listened for three more hours. Wow, wow, wow. I had the chills so many times. And you know what? I I remembered after that I did see excerpts of the L. Frank Baum story. Mm. I forget who told me um, because, you know, that's always been my number one favorite movie. Yeah. And then it's like Rocky and, you know, there's a couple others. But but yeah, she's incredible. And what a great reminder, like she said, you know, that we are our own heroes. I mean, this is someone who went from Kmart you know, clerk to yep. a clerk at a law firm and literally had, you know, changed, changed this life. entire yep. community, changed lives, but also the ripple effect globally mm-hmm. from what she did, um, all while being herself unapologetically and then yep. still dealing with her things that, you know, she had to deal with and still is. Um, I just find her so inspiring and such a great um, reminder of what we're all capable of. Mm. And to never let anyone tell you you're stupid or you're not good enough. Um, the only person in your way is you. And I get in my own way a lot, too. So do. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that it pertains to things more than more than like entertainment. Because for me, it's like I've worked with you and Kevin for so long that Kevin's always said, like, embrace your difference. Mm-hmm. Embrace mm-hmm. the thing that makes you different from everybody else, because that's what's going to get you hired in the entertainment industry. It makes you original. But like to have her put it in a different way of like, no, that's like real life. Like you have to embrace the things you have to embrace your imperfections in real life because you can't go through every more moment doubting yourself for the things that other people judge you on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to own who you are and what it is that you feel other people judge you on because otherwise you're just going to keep holding yourself back. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, she's awesome. That was amazing. I have to say too, Maria, I really liked your bit at the end about if you're the one, if you continue to color in the lines, there's mm-hmm. not going to be a movie about you. Nope. I was like, ooh, ooh, I like that. Thank I like that a lot. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's true though. Mm-hmm. We don't write stories and, and celebrate people who, you know, who just are 
perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the imperfect. Yep. It's the imperfect that do incredible things or the the comeback stories or, you know, that's why it's like be your own hero and then you can write your story. Yep. Right. Um, you know, it's it's just how it is. Um, we should create the the top five tips to being your own hero. Because yeah. she said a lot of good ones like, and and if, if you think about it, like I've seen some of the advice, like, you know, that whole body language thing, like if you mm-hmm. do a hero pose for mm-hmm. 15 seconds, mm-hmm. it'll kind of improve your your mental fortitude for the day. It's like, there must be something to it that's just ingrained in our minds from society and pop culture that if you can compare yourself and, and bring yourself to that point of being a hero, it'll kind of reinforce the fact that you are your own hero. Yeah. I love that. Absolutely. Well... Another amazing uh, guest, of course, um, the newly launched Brockovich Report is her own unfiltered newsletter, bringing the truth about the harm being done to the environment and the impact on us. I really like how she talks about the environment, too, by the way, yeah, because it really just connects us to it rather than disconnects us from it, which I feel like the environment can seem like such an elitist kind of thing to deal with. Mm -hmm. And when she breaks it down, it's like, no, no, no. It's in everything. It's in all of us. We are water. Yeah. Um, The book is called Superman's Not Coming about the national water crisis and what we the people can do wherever books are sold. The new series about uh, Aaron's life will be called Rebel on ABC. It's out in April. And she has the Superman's Not Coming podcast on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. So you can check her out there. We'll put all of this in the summary of this episode. Tomorrow we're going to talk about Britney Spears. Don't forget <laughs> uh, to watch. Um, and if you haven't joined us on uh, Patreon, now is a good time. We're about to do our next healing workshop with Cindy Dale. We're doing a heart chakra opening event. And we have more in the pipeline. We also have ad-free content and extra content where we kind of really deep dive with our Super Heal Squad in the Patreon. Mm. Um, We're grateful for our entire Heal Squad. And um, we thank you for being with us every single day. Um, This Cindy Dale event is this Wednesday. So if you click the link tree or the the link in my bio of my Instagram at Maria Menunos or at Better Together with Maria, which mm-hmm. by the way, if you haven't given us a follow, please do. Um, you can click in there and for $10, you can join us on this journey to get better and invest in yourself this year um, with all of these incredible guests that you now have an exclusive access to um, interact with, which is super cool. So join us on Patreon. In the meantime, follow us at the underscore real underscore Aaron underscore Bragovich uh, at better together with Maria at Kelsmeyer too at Stephen Lemieux photo and remember (laughs) (laughs) and remember be nice people make good choices and be present Hey, Heal Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show 
or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heal squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much and we love doing this thing called life with you.